Welcome to Marketing Mysteries Solved, where we explore the trials and triumphs of marketing for healthcare executives. Wendy O'Donovan Phillips, CEO of Big Buzz, is on the case, interviewing guests through her proprietary process and solving some of the toughest marketing challenges in the industry. Let's get started. All right. My guests today hail from Senior Services of America, founded in 2000 in Tacoma, Washington, operating 19 communities in three states and managing more than 1,400 apartments, offering life enrichment programs and care services for seniors. Lisa Detweiler serves as SSA's VP of Sales and Marketing, building strategic marketing objectives and executing sales plans while leading the team to achieve and exceed targeted goals. And she is joined by Jody Roberts, who acts as SSA's Director of Marketing to reach targeted consumers through digital and traditional marketing and align sales and marketing efforts across SSA's entire portfolio. No small feat. Welcome, Lisa and Jody. Thank you for having Thank us. You. you bet. So I always like to start with a little personal anecdote. And over our time working together, we've become friends. So I thought I'd share that this happens to be our 20th show. So I'm just curious, what did you each want to be when you were 20? And how did that pan out for you? I don't know if I knew what I wanted to be. I don't, I'm not sure I still know what I want to be, honestly. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, probably someone who got, I was traveling when I was 20. So probably someone who wanted to swan around the world without having to work probably would have been ideal. But as we know, that did not pan out, sadly, but maybe in retirement. But Jody, and remind us, you are from Australia and lived in England or the other way around? Opposite way around. I'm from London originally, and I lived in Australia for a year. That's right. By now, I should know that. <laughs> so you did some <laughs> of the world traveling, right? A little bit, yeah, but there's still a lot more to see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lisa, how about you? Boy, when I was 20, I had just moved from a small town in Michigan to Chicago, and I was in college, and I wanted to be a journalist for the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> nice how so, funny yeah yeah and so that did not happen I never worked for the Chicago Tribune <laughs> but I still dabble in writing and so yeah but here I am today that's so you know? funny I never knew that about you Lisa and I actually I also when I was 20 I wanted to be a writer and our listeners and you guys know that on some level I am a writer. I, I also own a marketing agency, but the gift that brought me to that is writing. And I actually started my career in advertising for the Tribune Company newspapers, which uh, my father published like 12 of them up and down the Eastern seaboard. So if I had known you then, we could have collaborated okay. on some <laughs> Chicago <Yeah>. Tribune papers. <laughs> that is fascinating. But but now well, in hindsight, it's like we know where the newspaper industry went. And I'm always so grateful to be in marketing and not in newspaper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a storytelling component to it. You know, they're not a million miles totally. away. Exactly. Yeah. I, like I think there's a lot more creativity in marketing than like, I just remember in my news days, it was like the lead had to be like, who, what, when, where, why, how? And like, there was no deviation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty dry stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and there is nothing dry going on in, in your world. You know, one of the biggest challenges that we see senior living operators have is aligning the executive team, the marketing team, and the sales team. And 
in preparing for our time together today, I just was reflecting that you guys are so adept at knowing when to move the ball down the court yourselves and then like without executive input and then when to call a timeout to get like the CEO and the COO involved and like show where we are in the game and, you know, call that timeout and here's where we are in the game and let's get your input and then let's continue playing, if you will. What are some of your secrets to striking that balance? Jody and I really have to be in align in alignment as to where we're going. So we talked about the vision, we've set the set the tone and started the work. And I think w- when we come to a certain point where it's like, okay, we're ready to make that decision based on how we feel and if we feel like we've accomplished the goals, and now it's time to stop, present to our ownership, our CEO and CFO, and then take it from there mm-hmm. and get their input so that we can then continue to move forward. Yeah, we're very fortunate in that our CEO and CFO, Lee and Randy, and they trust us with a lot of autonomy in our roles. They, they recognize us as subject matter experts in what we do, which is really great to have that trust from them. So if we come to them with a suggestion or we have thoughts as to where something should go, they usually are very supportive and they're asking, how do we make this happen? So you know, we're very lucky to have the leadership that we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those are great responses. I'm going to break down part of what you guys shared because I think I think what comes really naturally to you all is so challenging for other teams. And I think there are various components to it, right? So Lisa, I so appreciate what you said of like the two of you are aligned to begin with. What are some of the like mechanisms that you use or or even just like broad advice that you would give to others to like align with And it's usually a plus one, right? Like it's usually like two or maybe three people on the core marketing team that really need to like align and move things forward. What are some of the tools that you use to do that? Sure, absolutely. I think first and foremost is just communication as much as possible. It sounds so simplistic, but, you know, I think sometimes we're having conversations and we're coming at it from different perspectives. And I think also we respect each other's role and level of expertise in certain things. There are plenty of things that I defer to Jody because that is her level of expertise and vice versa. And we do actually have a third person, Sarah Munkers, on our team as well. Who, So it is kind of that three-legged stool where she also helps guide that conversation and process. So I would say lots and lots of communication and then revisiting that communication, but also having mutual respect for each other's strengths and and where we feel like we do our best work and then bringing that together. Some of the things that come to mind immediately. Yeah. Tactically, we're having weekly meetings for an hour where we're talking about what we're working on. We are meeting in person when we can. We all work remotely in different areas of the state, which is challenging. <laughs> but then also, you know, we're all very very available to each other as well. If we have urgent needs, Lisa can call me, I'll answer, same, and same with Sarah. But I think also what helps us in that is just knowing each other's philosophy as, as to how we want to approach how we serve seniors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel that we're all very aligned in how we want to be seen as a business. We want to be very resourceful to our end users, to our prospects. And we use that as our touchstone with everything that we do. So for our communities, for our marketing directors, our EDs, 
everybody. So usually if I have a question for Lisa, I kind of already know what she's thinking and I'm just pulse checking with her. So it's great to have that kind of working relationship where we're, we're so in sync. You touched on this, Lisa, that like communication, like it could be so basic or like I love Jody, you're like the weekly meetings and it's, you know, we all have weekly meetings, but it's so much in like how those communications are repeated, how those meetings are run with like what cadence and with what operative, I would be willing to bet that in your weekly meetings, there is a set agenda and that there are very specific things that it's sort of like rinse and repeat. Like we just keep talking about the same topics over and over. Is that correct? Yeah, so we all bring our own agenda to the meeting. Yeah. So we all know what we want to talk about. We hit, you tend to hit everything that we want to talk about, you know, and then we have our priorities, so to speak, that we kind of talk about every single week. And it's just more yeah. of a, you know, this is what's happening with this particular priority at this time. This is where we're at. This is the what we've currently done. This is where we need to get to. That's right. Yeah. And we, I think this is why your team and my team work so well together because we also have weekly meetings that are run a very specific way with a very specific agenda. We call priorities to do's. So it's like, you know, if it's not just let's discuss it. I mean, so many meetings are just discussion and then more discussion and let's discuss the discussion points. But instead it's like, okay, let's actually, like we're in the habit of identifying a challenge, discussing it, and then solving it. And like, we really push each other to like, what is the outcome of this? And the outcome, the solution is not usually the end solution. It's not usually the, you know, end all and be all like Taj Mahal of all answers, but it usually takes the form of, in your words, a priority or in our words, a to-do. And then it's like, okay, somebody else is going to take, this person is assigned to take the ball down the court to this level, right? And then we can always come back and discuss at a deeper level, but we're not having the same conversation over again. We're deepening and developing the solution. Yeah, I think Jody and I have definitely come to the conclusion with each other as we've gotten to know each other over the years that, yeah, we don't want to keep talking about something. We actually want to get something done. And so, and it's easy to get caught up in that. And that's the other, you know, just kind of going back to the point with bringing other people into the conversation is, you know, we are moving things forward until we can't move them forward anymore with some input. Because when you bring too many people into the conversation, that's where I feel like it's possible for things to just turn into this repetitive conversation and not move anything forward. So it's easier to get us on the same page and then present and go, okay, this is what we need from you in these next steps. Yeah. It's easier to get a yes than it is to have everybody be part of the solution sometimes. <laughs> exactly. 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 And you, uh, Lisa, the word that you used a couple of times is present, right? And this is another thing that I really admire about you guys that, you know, we've been doing some marketing and branding work together. And then at some point we all looked at each other and said, is this a good time to present the research that we've done so far, the findings that we found so far, the direction forward that we aligned on, right? That like the three of us, along with a couple of other people from my team, all agreed this is the direction because the research has shown this is the direction. And rather than you all going to your CEO and COO, I see so many teams do this. They go to the higher executives and they say, what is your opinion? And then you're opening a can of worms, right? Like, and it's like, and, and at that yeah, point, and we, and we still, this is what I love even more. We still got opinion from the CEO and COO because that's what sure. the C-suite does, right? And we were able to say, I always say with a wink and a smile, thank you for your opinion. And Lisa and Jody 
and and our team have looked at the data and the data actually points in a different direction than your opinion. Are you open to that? Right. So that idea of presenting that like, this is the work that's been done so far and not necessarily saying we don't need more chefs in the kitchen, but sort of alluding to, you know, the, the cake has already been baked. <laughs> and here's and here's what it looks like and why because we followed this recipe. <laughs> exactly. exactly. The other thing that kept coming up was the trust that you all have in each other and the respect that you have for each other. I know that you guys are are expanding and you're hiring. Talk to me a little bit and and, and our listeners a little bit about like what is your approach to recruit recruiting and retaining folks who will mutually respect one another? What does that look like? Ooh, that's a great question. I think we spend a lot of time on on recruiting. And then in, in that process, there's multiple conversations so that we can get a feel for someone's, not only their personality and skill set, but how do they fit in with the rest of us. Uh, we're such a small, tightly knit team. And as we grow, it's going to be more and more difficult to hold on to that. So I think everybody needs to have a seat at the table as far as deciding who's who's going to come to the table. And also we rely so heavily on our core values. I say this all the time, but it's not just a sign on the wall in our home office. It's part of our daily discussion and who we are. And we truly walk the walk with that. And we lead with it in everything that we do. And that has to be in the forefront of the discussions that we have with potential candidates. I was going to bring up the core values as well. I think that really helps us in identifying the kind of person that we want to work with and that we're going to work with well. So it gives us this blueprint, so to speak, that we can, you know, does this person display integrity? Have they got communication? Have they got good respect? And that's how we know that they're a keeper. Yeah, where I see this breakdown for a lot of senior organizations is again going back to our conversation about, you know, the C-suite and then marketing and then even sales and then even the rest of the team, right? That like oftentimes like mission, vision and values are created by the C-suite and then delivered to the rest of the team. Brand might be created by marketing and sometimes just stays within marketing, like isn't even really shared with the rest of the team or sales. And the way that we see it is that brand is your promise that we know to be true because you know your your customers, your the elders whom you serve know that to be true about you. So that's your promise. The core values are the things that internally are celebrated and talked about all of the time and therefore become a self-fulfilling prophecy among the internal team. And that promise, the brand promise and the core values are indelibly connected, right? Because you can't make a brand promise to the people you serve without making a similar brand promise to the people who are going to serve them, right? And then mm -hmm. the vision is really like, what does our ideal future look like for this industry? Mission is why do we wake up wanting to come to work today? What gets us out of bed today for SSA? And then all of that creates the culture and the marketing and sales and drives it, right? I think a lot of organizations get that upside down where it's like, well, we'll create a sales deck. And it's like, well, like, do we have brand standards? What is our culture? What, you know, how does our culture document inform that? What are some ways that you guys keep that all knit together? Because you're, you're clearly doing it very well. I think it's just the reiteration. One thing yep. that um, Lisa has been doing, which I think is 
kind of genius is when we're communicating out to our marketing directors, she's talking about, you know, this is what your end user, your customer is saying about you. Like, I'm not making this up. Like they think you're a loving home where they feel at home, where they feel safe and respected and trusted. And so I think reiterating that, that it's not just our corporate buzz speak, but this is stuff that we've gotten from the people that they are serving every day. I think that helps hit the message home a little more than maybe it would. What do you think, Lisa? I agree. I think it's such a, I was going to say source of pride, but to be able to, instead of us pushing it out to say, we are this, we did the homework. We found out what they're saying. And then to be able to use that and know that it's absolutely true adds so much more credibility and value to what we do every day. And I think then aligning that with the rest of our leadership team, I hear that come through with our leadership team on a daily basis. I see operations people go into communities and their level of interaction. They don't walk in like, you know, with a bunch of suits on and they are interacting with the residents. They are getting down to their level. If they're sitting down, they're, you know, squatting down at the table and having conversations and it's sincere and warm interaction. There is an authenticity with everyone on the team. We all know first and foremost, that we're here for these residents and to provide a care and service for them. And I think that just trickles throughout, um, So yeah, I think that's incredibly important and something that I haven't seen in a long time being in this industry. It feels really good to be a part of that type of a situation. Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more senior organizations rely on voice of the customer data or true team listening research to develop the brand and and values, mission, vision, values, respectively. And that is definitely one side of the coin. And then I think it was funny, as soon as you said, Jody, it needs to be repeated over and over. I looked up and we're recording over Zoom so I could see Lisa and Jody. And right behind Lisa, she's got the SSA core values. Like that's her background for her Zoom, right? I think that that's very often missed that we create these documents, whether it be a brand document or a values document. And then we they just sort of collect dust. And one of the big ahas for me in my career, I think that at some point earlier in my career, I thought that it had to be like a really big grand you know, celebration of this messaging all the time or some big, huge process of like really training the whole team but so much of it is just repeat, 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 and reward on it, right? That like, if you're seeing your employees be really dedicated to communication and respect, which are two of your values that came up in our conversation today, right? If you're rewarding that, and I don't, again, it doesn't have to be some big grand reward, like everyone's getting bonus based on communication and respect. Just saying, hey, I noticed that you really communicated that well and you respected your peer. And I just want to really call you out in our weekly meeting and say, this is what that living that core value of SSAs looks like. Then when you come to some random conversation like this one, topics like communication and respect are just on the tip of your tongue because it's you guys are living it. Right. You know, one thing that our executive directors do at the building that I absolutely love is they pick a core value of the week and they open their stand-up meetings with that. But what they do with it is they collect information throughout the week to say, you know, Jody did X, Y, and Z, and that demonstrated this core value of X. 
And so they actually speak and tell the story of the core value that they saw happen in front of them. And I think it's, again, it goes back to that reiteration and recognition and it's so valuable. And I think the team really, really enjoys that as well. I love that. Just, it's such a simple way to reiterate and reward the embodiment of a core value. So it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just sort of part of the process. Yeah. Lisa, one of your favorite things about your work is collaborating with an incredible group of intelligent and talented people. Tell us a little bit about the SSA team and some of your approaches to collaboration. Well, just recently we all, you know, we had some outdated documents and we needed to do some updating and we came together and said, okay, let's put this date in the calendar. We're all going in 20 different directions and let's just make this happen because obviously we know if we don't, (laughs) we won't. And so it was really great to bring the whole leadership team together into one place and throw these documents out on the table and up on the whiteboard and pull things apart. And we got the job done. We had great conversations. We had lots of laughter and, you know, everybody loves lunch. <laughs> it was just, it's fun getting together. And and I think for the most part, we all, we're not for the most part, I think we all enjoy each other's company and have such a mutual respect for each other's knowledge and passion for this industry that it's always really enjoyable when we come together. But I, you know, to me, that's the first example that jumps to mind is we did that very recently. But one thing, what I always like when we get together is that everybody's voice is heard. Everybody's yeah. voice is valued. Anyone's opinion is taken on board. And I think that's so important to building the kind of culture that we're trying to build. Absolutely. We don't, you know, we don't live in a hierarchy. It's like we are all on the same team working toward the same goal. And like Jody said, that is not everybody has that. And we're very fortunate where everybody does have a seat at the table, a voice, and we value each other's opinions. And that's super, super important. And it's felt. That's awesome. And we talked a little bit about like, there's a time for presentation and not inviting additional opinion when a group is further down the process in a particular marketing strategy or sales strategy. But especially at the beginning of something, there's something so powerful about getting into a room and just throwing ideas on the wall. Like we love sticky notes here at Big Buzz. Like we just have like walls of sticky notes where just lots and lots of ideas. And those are the moments where, yes, all opinions matter. We always say there is no wrong answer. Like when we're starting a project and we're just in brainstorm mode, there are no wrong answers. Like if if you're thinking what would happen if we gave a nectarine a buzz cut, let's put it on the wall. I don't know. What would happen? Right. <laughs> and um, and then, And it just, it frees people up to one, be more creative, but two, I think that that is where that trust and that respect is born as well, right? Where it's like, I genuinely want to know what oddball ideas you have so that we could put everything in the mix. And then I've seen some really magical things happen. Like we, we did some work for a healthcare system years ago and This was back in the day when all healthcare systems had blue logos and somebody in one of our brainstorm sessions very early on before we did the research said, what if we made their logo orange? And this was at a time that that just wasn't seen in, this was like a rural healthcare system. And so we presented three options and we always, we always present, as you guys know, something that's, you know, kind of safe, something that's kind of far out there and then something in between. And we presented this orange logo and I was so surprised that they selected it, but it was like, The idea was thrown on the board. When we did the research, the research validated that that could be a good direction for us. And then this team of 80 physicians 
voted it up. It's still in use today. That's probably, gosh, I'm dating myself here, but probably 15 years later. So I think that that is the magical arc of like the creative process, right? That like, it can't all just be great ideas or like wild ideas. There's a time to ground it in research. And then there's a time to present it to stakeholders or to the team on the whole or to your external audience. But boy, starting with that broad spectrum of what are all the ideas makes for a really colorful palette. For sure. And a very safe space. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Jody, I have such admiration for you that you deploy all of these comprehensive marketing strategies and campaigns across all of these different platforms and you're managing all these different internal and external players. What are some of your tricks and tools for keeping the machine running smoothly? Uh, Time management is key. Organization. It's not the glamorous stuff, but the admin stuff, keeping that updated on a regular basis. More than anything, it's just knowing exactly what's going on across all these things, you know, from way back when I've been with senior services now for just over two years and we're running six or seven different campaigns for every single different one of our communities. They all started at different times. We changed budgets, we changed strategies, finding a way to keep that under control so that you know what happened when it happened. So that when you're looking at the analytics It's easy to figure out why things are running and where you go from there. Sadly, it's nothing horribly creative or very um, innovative, but it's, it's literally just keeping track of everything. Yeah. And I see you guys as a similar team to myself and Molly on our team. Like, I think on every great sales and marketing team, there's like the visionary and the person who sets sort of that wide lens. Lisa, I see you doing that. And then there's like the integrator, like the person who is the ultimate time manager who can see the big picture of all of those moving parts and then can pull the right levers to make those parts move well. And that's really you, Jody. And I have learned over the years that what comes really naturally to more of that integrator mind like you, Jody, that time management, the organization, for some people, myself included, you guys watched me fumble with my audio as we were getting on today, <laughs> can be really, really hard. Molly and I like kind of laugh at each other sometimes where it's like, how can you not get this? But we just don't. Like that's just how I'm wired and how she's wired. There are people your peers who are kind of sitting in both seats, like they're they're one person on a marketing team, really having to set the vision and also manage all of those little levers. When you talk about time management organization, Jody, like if you were to pinpoint one or two tools or like even thought processes that you use to keep yourself on point, what would you recommend? I'm a big fan of putting things in my Outlook calendar as an appointment. And, you know, so I'm planning my day based on time. You know, I have a two-hour chunk there. That's where I can get this one thing that's going to require a lot of my thought process and a lot of time done. And I've got this little thing that's three, 30 minutes. I have 30 minutes between those two meetings. I can do that there. But really, in terms of priority, obviously, things are shifting all the time. So even though we've got things that we want to do, sometimes it gets pushed back. The way that I think about things is in terms of does it need to happen and when does it need to happen is, first of all, how difficult is it going to be? And second of all, what kind of needle is it going to move? We like to focus on the low-hanging fruit, right? So what's going to be easy that's actually going to get us results? That's probably what you want to work on first, right? And then the stuff that you know needs to get done 
but it's a lot more difficult and it's probably not going to move the needle a whole lot. You know, that's the kind of stuff that gets pushed back when it needs to. It gets done eventually, right? But, you know, it's maybe not getting done straight away. So that's how I like to think about it, because as we look to grow, there's always work to be done, right? There's always work to be done. So, (laughs) you know, I've probably got enough work to keep me going for about 15 years in this job right now. So (laughs) just trying to figure out, again, what's going to have the most impact and you know, how long is it going to take me? Who do I need to get involved in that? Who, what approvals do I need to get? What's the process that's involved? Who's the players that can help me keep track of what I'm doing and carry on seeing results. That's terrific. And it's great. Like, I love that you gave just like two questions you can ask yourself of like, how much time is this going to take? And then I really appreciate how will it move the meter? You know, is it, is it going to have an impact? That's great. After a quick break, we will talk about tools and approaches you could use to bolster results from your marketing efforts. I'm going to do a rapid question and answer with Jody and Lisa. Be right back. Can't wait for answers to some of your biggest marketing challenges? Go to bigbuzzinc.com slash download to get access to a full library of educational eBooks that shine a light on how you can consistently achieve high census. Predicated on data gathered from thousands of senior care professionals, these eBooks pack leading edge industry intel that can't be found anywhere else. Visit bigbuzzinc.com slash download to get full access to the ebook library now. That's bigbuzzinc.com slash download. And now, back to the show. Okay, Jody and Lisa, rapid fire question time. Lisa, what is your favorite tool for making marketing simpler? <laughs> Oh, rapid Laughter. fire. That's tough. <laughs> Laughter for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a tough one. Can I pass on that one? M- making it simpler. Let's pass to Jody. Can you think of something? Yeah, pass, Jody. Yeah, that's it's such a loaded question, right? Because marketing <laughs> is that's a big topic. And then simpler, you know, it's not simple. I think, in terms of when I think about Making it simple, I think what I think about most is kind of like the alignment of the key players, right? So like our, for example, Sarah Munkers, she's our graphic designer, our creative services director. She does all of our rate sheets, for example. And again, when I talk about the admin side of things, like that rate sheet needs to go to the community. It needs to come to me so I can update the website. So just finding a way that you can communicate those things internally. So we just implemented SharePoint as our main kind of intranet. So we put all of our documents on there. We used to use a folder system, but you had to get on the VPN to access it. And then sometimes it wouldn't work. And then and then it just became an absolute nightmare to manage where SharePoint's just really simple, just upload it. Anyone can download it from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. What is your favorite approach for winning the sale? Mm. Empathy. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, my, we can't get anywhere without empathy. And so I think, you know, being able to put yourself into someone's shoes, but I was going to take that one step further is building that trust and getting someone to come back before they make a decision. Let's talk about it regardless of what it is so that we can learn from that one way or the other. So it's a combination of, of the two. Nice. How about your least favorite aspect of marketing? I hate managing anything around like 
Facebook admin stuff. I hate it. Why do they make it so difficult? <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> and least favorite part of sales? I don't have a least favorite part of the process. I think the least favorite part for me is feeling like a broken record when mm. we talk about these people are not their people, their families, their people in need. They are not leads. They are not a number. They are people. And I get tired of hearing myself say that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, That's yeah. a good one. This is another loaded question for you, Jody. What would you say is the most important metric to measure in marketing? Oh, so many. <laughs> I would say probably the one that's going to get you the most buy-in from your leadership team is return on investment. Um, mm -hmm. You can figure out a way to really calculate that. And it's not always going to be 100% accurate is because we do have a lot of nuance in the senior living industry about how we might calculate that. But, you know, if you want to get any kind of budget approved or any kind of resource or time invested in any of your projects, then you're really going to have to get comfortable with figuring out how to measure that aspect of things. Amen. All right. My last rapid fire question. One word to describe your approach to sales and marketing. Lisa, one word. And then I'll come to you, Jody. Transparency. Nice. So mine's a two-word hyphenate. I hope that's allowed. <laughs> Data-driven. <laughs> Data-driven. Nice. And I would say mine Love is it. curiosity. Curiosity. All right. To wrap that's up, nice. we'll get personal again. You, uh, the three of us, along with uh, my team member, Melinda, have spent some time in Las Vegas over the years. Of course, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But what was your one favorite podcast show appropriate moment in Sin City? And I'll say for me, the time that we met, was it Coolio's backup singer? What was that guy? He was DJ. It was his DJ. It was for DJ, Coolio, right? right. DJ, okay, <laughs> DJ for Coolio. He was our Uber driver. Jury's still out as to whether or not that was a true story, but it was still a favorite moment with you guys. What about you? <laughs> I would have to say the travels of the smash duck. Um, yes. and, and locating and finding different places for him to nest. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> and I will have to say the entertainment at Super Super Frico that we went to. That was just really unexpected and just really fun. And really the fact fun. that we ended up watching the the shows about three times because the server forgot about us. And I know. <laughs> for about three hours. <laughs> right. Kept looping through. Yeah. And then the year before we saw Beatles love. I don't know what we're going to um, do next year, but we got to bring it girls. <laughs> no kidding. We're going to yeah. have a hard time talking these last two years. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. was fun. Thanks for having us. for listening to Marketing Mysteries Solved. If you found this episode enlightening, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. To hire Wendy to speak to your organization or to explore working together, get started now at bigbuzzinc.com. That's bigbuzzinc.com. We look forward to connecting with you.